Welcome to Voices on Ukraine, Voices of Ukraine, a series of podcasts by ECFR. Today we are talking to Mikhailo Ternakov, an expert on judicial reform tied to the reanimation reform package of initiatives which bring the activist and expert to push for reforms in Ukraine. Good morning, Mikhailo. Hello, thanks for having me. How would you assess the guarantor process of, of reforms in Ukraine and the main challenges? Briefly. Well, uh, first of all, I would say uh, that any reformation process, uh, if we're talking about real reform, not some minor changes, is quite uh, complicated and cannot be done in, uh, I don't know, in, in one uh, voting or, or in one day. That's obvious. Uh, that's why judicial reform as well is uh, something that, that takes time to be implemented and to be developed and uh, fully implemented into into country's life mm -hmm. uh so far uh there have been some there's been some progress uh three laws were adopted that had to do with uh, uh, the reformation of the judiciary of ukraine since the revolution of dignity in uh early 2014 uh, and uh, of course there's still a lot to do much more to do because uh, the main problems of the uh, judiciary in ukraine is or are um, political dependence and uh, corruption as assessed by many experts and, and by the public as well. So uh, we need to, first of all, we need to fight that and to to tackle this problem properly, we should amend the constitution that would uh, eliminate the, the powers of the politicians over the judiciary, first of all. And I know there's an ongoing process of constitutional reform. And there's a commission for that purpose. What would be the chances of a successful constitutional reform when it comes to the judiciary? For instance, when it comes to the High Council of Justice body? Well, uh, first of all, it is, it is important to note that the Constitutional Commission is uh, a body which is under the President of Ukraine. So whatever the Commission does, the President can then, uh, first of all, he, he influences his his voice is very much heard uh, so to say in uh, in the commission and even more after the commission comes up with uh, with an actual uh, law proposal or with, with actual amendments the subject of of the legislative initiative is still the president so he can then or his office can then also alter the proposed amendments so that should be taken into account that uh, basically this this constitutional commission is the body which is uh, which is under the president so uh, the president made it very clear that he owns the judicial reform him he, he named it the reform number one uh, out of uh, all the reforms we need to we need to make and uh, uh, he pointed out repeatedly that we should eliminate the influence of the politicians over the judiciary but so far let us say that the the latest text the latest uh, proposal of the amendments is, uh, of course, it is it is uh, big progress compared to what we have now, but unfortunately, it doesn't quite eliminate all the influence over the judiciary. And first of all, here I'm talking about the influence of the president, because uh, that is something that doesn't go away in the in the presented uh, amendments, and actually, in in some points, the uh, influence of the president is uh, in fact increased. Uh, what what concerns uh, the actually that concerns the the composition of the High Council of Justice too, 
because the all the powers of the president they are remained uh, in the in the proposed amendments. Uh, he appoints three members, still appoints three members of the uh, High Council of Justice, and also uh, he he keeps and uh, uh, actually wind, widens his uh, authority to. Uh, create the courts, to eliminate the courts, to appoint judges, to dismiss judges, and to transfer judges, which is not not explicitly pointed out in the Constitution, but uh, the, uh, the the law, the the, the formulation is uh, is made so that that it becomes quite possible that uh, uh, this this authority also will be kept in, in the president's capacity. In this regard, and giving your expertise in the topic. What, in your view, would be the shape of a positive judicial reform in Ukraine? For instance, some of the proposals discussed regarding lustration. And, as you would know, there's, there are mixed views among local experts, for example, some of the Europeans, on how far should lustration of the judiciary go in the current circumstances and also the public perceptions on the judiciary are staggeringly low in terms of the perception of corruption. Sure. Uh, that's that's a very good point you made. And um, uh, first of all, let me say that despite the influence of the president that is kept in the constitution, the the rest, uh, the composition of High Council justice, that, uh, that that's a big progress because uh, what is proposed in the in the amendments is uh, the, the formation of the High Council of Justice according to European standards, which uh, say that um, the majority of High Council of Justice should be judges elected by judges. Which should, which should uh, ensure the judicial independence and uh, the, the independence of the of the very body that that appoints uh, judges and that uh, at least recommends the president to to appoint judges and that, that decides on the judicial career and the disciplinary proceedings and such. Talking about lustration, uh, let me say that, of course, in my opinion. When the, the level of trust to the judiciary is so critically low, now it is, according to recent polls, it's uh, on the level of 9% only, and that is that is critically low, in, in my opinion. And uh, mm. in this uh, in this state, we cannot simply, you know, uh, disregard uh, this. We, sh we should definitely tackle this problem because, unfortunately, uh, the for for years and years the uh, judiciary was very much dependent on the politicians and the, all the appointments and the uh, issues of the judicial career were decided by by politicians and that that process was very much compromised and uh, that's why uh, we cannot we cannot really say that we have a system a judicial system that, that is ready to be independent uh, as we say we, we do not need independent corruption we need uh, independent and comprehensive and responsible judiciary. So, uh, uh, in my opinion, we we definitely need illustration procedures, which of course should be should of course follow uh, the standards that should be uh, the law. Uh, yes carried out of course according to to rule of law uh, principles and 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 uh, how how to we actually have um, a, a proposal how to how to do that because uh, now as we amend the constitution. Uh, we change the judicial system quite, quite a bit, and uh, uh, we basically can. We're basically uh, telling of, uh, or, or, or let, let's say, we're forming the judicial system uh, f from scratch. We're forming the new judicial system, and that gives us 
uh, absolute possibility to the real possibility to appoint uh, every niche to reappoint every niche judge into that newly created system, which we believe uh, would help a lot because what we really need is the screening. It's not the automatic illustration that that is widely criticized. That if you, for example, if you were in in the office from I don't know this year to, till this year, you're automatically dismissed. We we don't support that. We we think that all the judges should uh, undergo a procedure of reappointment or a thorough screening that would include several uh, very important things as as the issues of the judicial career and and. Uh, and, and many, many, many other important things that would that would help decide whether a judge should should be kept in the office or not. Mm -hmm. In this regard, there are many comparisons made with previous processes of transition and transformation in Eastern Europe. I wonder if you think there are some lessons learned from such processes. Some people sometimes refer to Poland or others to Georgia. What is your take on this question? Well, uh, there are some uh, some stories, of course, uh, the reformation stories from our uh, partner countries and actually bordering countries that we should, of course, take into account. Uh, that's uh, the the experience of Poland and Slovakia is actually what uh, raised uh, this question or what what convinced us that uh, we definitely need to do something about it because uh, they do not have a real a real success story uh, on that because the the illustration processes in Slovakia and in Poland were quite uh, they, they had a very soft illustration that didn't manage to to dismiss many judges that were still the part of the old Soviet uh, system or Soviet kind system and uh, they still suffer now and what I hear from many Polish experts that basically they say our judiciary doesn't work because we still have these uh, uh, old-minded judges who are so independent we simply cannot cannot do anything about it. Of course, let me repeat that judicial independence is very important, but we cannot take take chances of uh, letting uh, it be independent and uh, very compromised. So, mm -hmm. uh, yes, the, the, the experience of these countries, of course, uh, also helps us uh, think that we are on, on the right way proposing this, this uh, reappointment of all judges and screening of all judges uh, that would uh, help us create the new, uh, transparent and honest and just judicial system. Mikhailo, maybe one final question. In all this process, and given that Ukraine is now part of the association neighborhood with the EU, that, as you know, includes not only three elements, but also reform elements, what would you think that would be the most positive role for Europe in this process of transformation? Well, I would uh, f first of all let me let me say that uh, I'm very thankful, and I really think that uh, we uh, we should be really grateful to uh, uh, to our European partner partners and uh, uh, the European Union and the Council of Europe that uh, that sets the standards and that actually makes us uh, implement standards that shows us what. Uh, what should be and what should not be in place in order to have rule of law in our country and human rights, of course. Uh, what uh, what other suggestions can I uh, can I make? Is uh, well, uh, from what I know, uh, the the Venice Commission, for example, uh, and uh, some European experts as well, they don't quite support the idea of uh, lustration uh, in general 
However, the it, it changed quite a bit since uh, the last um, opinion of the Venice Commission on uh, the Ukraine's uh, law and illustration was adopted, and that's 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 a big progress. Uh, what what I what I'm trying to say is, uh, of course, we should uh, w- we would like to to see and to hear more support from from the European uh, institutions and experts in uh, Ukraine's efforts on illustration and on cleansing. Uh, of uh, these uh, corrupt and compromised officials that actually that uh, sabotage all the reformation process because one thing is to uh, adopt a necessary law, the totally other thing is to implement it. And actually those officials responsible for implementing the law are the ones that really should be driving the reform. So um, I would say that uh, more support on... Uh, on uh, honest and effective illustration would, would really benefit Ukraine. We were listening to Mikhailo Ternakov, expert on the judicial reform in Ukraine. Don't miss the rest of the series of podcasts, Voices of Ukraine, Voices from Ukraine, and the, and the content and analysis in our website, ecfr.eu. You can also find us in Facebook and Twitter.